But Dad, isn't it time for illegal ham interface? But, but, but bro, where's the banjo? Some Cleveland sports shows try to give you hot takes, but only one can give you a big old piece of hot ham. Welcome to Illegal Ham to the Face. Talking all Cleveland sports. And don't forget our Fat Boy Tuesday, where we also ham it up with some fun food topics. Without further ado, let's serve up some ham. Here are the Ham Boys. Fatty, Fatty, Big Bride, Big Bride, and my cousin Vinny, and my cousin Vinny. Man, I screwed it up already. So there's a fatty fail right out of the gate. What's going on, everybody? I am Jared, that fat guy Bates, and I got Big Bry here with me. What's going on, big fella? Hey, man. Good to be back. I know. We've had a couple vacations, and it's been kind of uh, chill lately. Uh, We do have to start out our show with a little bit of a somber note. Uh, My cousin Vinny has taken a step away from the show for a little bit um hopefully he will come back uh seat's always here for him he just needed to kind of take a break and recharge himself and kind of uh just get back to normal i guess is what i can say um we're gonna miss him we love him i told him that his seat's always here actually i'm staring at it right now because i can't get it out of the house but uh we'll definitely miss him and uh Hope that he'll come back and have some fun with us here later on during the football season, but we'll see how it goes. But other than that, Bry, how was your past two weeks? But I mean, we've been everywhere. I've been to Vegas. You've been handling your business at home. How have you been, bud? It's, it's been crazy, but it's been good. I mean, um, yeah, every day above ground is a good day. So been dealing with some stuff. Uh, been busy. Can't complain too much, though. Uh, excited for football season. I'll put it that way. And uh, needless to say, um, that performance on Friday night didn't wet my whistle. So still getting excited. I don't know why I get excited for these preseason games. But um, eh, it's football. It means it's right around the corner. I mean, college football would be here before you know it. Then the NFL. So we're within a month. Yeah, we're definitely right there. And like you said, I mean, we had the Hall of Fame game, which, you know, is always the start of football season, but nobody really plays in it. It's just kind of a celebration that kind of football's back. And then we had our game on, it was Friday night, right? Mm-hmm. And it was not pretty, but we'll get into that here a little later. So let's get into the rundown real quick for our show, Bri. Uh, first off, we are going to get into trivia time. And Bri, I hope you have a trivia. I got you. I have been slacking on the trivia front. That is my fault. I had a whole bunch saved up, and I don't know what I did with them. So that's my bad. Uh, We have shout-outs to do. We got to thank Harold and the APA here in just a little bit because we definitely had a blast. 
Um, we're going to get into the Browns in the Jags preseason game. We got to get into Kareem Hunt wanting to trade. We got to get into injuries to our centers and if we should have J.C. Treader back. We got to get into wide receivers that can't catch the damn ball when it hits them in the face. Uh, we also got to get into our quarterback who did not look so great coming out. And some of the chance that came out of the Jaguars end zone was not the greatest. And then we'll get into our new segment here. We have the big O player of the week. We have the big D player of the week. And we have the hashtag just not my day player of the week. Okay. I can so, get down with that. Get down with that. Then sure. we're to uh, Fat Boy Tuesday, which is uh, my Vegas trip and Bry. I got some stories to tell you. And then we are going to finish off with our top three defensive players. We're going to do three top defensive players this year for your Browns, plus a sleeper. And then next week we will do offensive players. Okay, so these are what Brian and I are thinking. Like, obviously, Miles Garrett's going to be on both of ours. But, you know, we have some others that we uh, might disagree on and might agree on, and then a sleeper for the season to watch out for. And I got a couple that I think you might be uh, interested in. Sure. On that note, Bri, let's get into, uh, let's get into our wonderful sponsor, which we might have another one here within a couple weeks. I've been on the phone with them, Bri. They're on vacation right now. So we might have a new sponsor for our uh, fat boy Tuesday, which I'm Sweet. very excited about, but uh, Harold Keel and Lake area APA. I mean, we had, Let's see here. Two eight ball teams, two nine ball teams, a women's. Say it again. A women's national championship, world championship. The Cleveland ladies from Ohio. Cleveland ladies brought it home. They won it over. Cleveland ladies. Cleveland ladies brought it home from Lake Erie APA. They brought it home. Ten thousand dollar check. They brought home between the four of them, four or five of them. Great. Congratulations. um, We had two nine ball teams. We had a captain's team. One of the nine ball teams finished 33rd. I think the captain's team that I was supposed to be on because I couldn't make it because of work, but um, they finished 16th. So we had a very, very, very good showing there sure. in uh, Vegas, and it was a great time. And, Bri, when I say it's a great time, like when you walk into this place, there's over 400 pool tables in this place. Wow. I mean, it was like, it was just like you walking in, they had three different rooms and you're just like, what the hell did I just walk into? But I'll explain more during our Vegas trip, but I want to thank Harold. Harold came out had a couple beers with us out there. <coughs> um, he told me to calm down because Fatty got a little fired up on one of the pool tables. Oh boy. Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. I was just having a blast. And <laughs> handy, handicaps were brought up, and I started laughing. I'm like, I'm in Vegas. I don't care about handicaps anymore. And then that you know, just ruined the mood. But um, I just, I just picture you as Chris Farley, JoJo the Idiot Circus Boy with a pretty new pet. Pretty much. That's pretty much what it was, right? I, I almost guarantee that's exactly what it was. <laughs> so, but um, We'll get into our shout-outs. Brian, do you have any shout-outs this week? I know Lily's Lemonade sold out this weekend, right? Yeah, we did pretty well. We got another event coming up uh, this Sunday. Um, so, yeah, I guess if you're in the Medina area, come check it out. But, uh, yeah, 
Honestly, it's, it's a poor job on my part because I don't really have any shout-outs. I know you were excited about your trip to Vegas, so I was okay. going to bequeath my shout-out time to you and let you go all in, get it out of your system, and, uh, yeah, give us the full rundown. Did Vinny make it? Vinny did not make it. Oh, bummer. Uh, we had two of our players not be able to make it. Uh, one actually showed up later, but we were already out of it. We, uh, my pool team finished two seventy six out of seven hundred something. So we did, we did all right. It was, it was just, man, it is a lot of people, a lot of pool tables. I, uh, yeah, it was, it was like so the um, so we played three teams when we were there, three or four, I think three. We played two teams from uh, no, we played four. So we played two teams from Illinois, a team from Connecticut, and then a team from Vermont. But they had teams from Japan, Canada. Um, it was crazy, like how many people were hmm. there. And then they had all these mini tournaments that you could get into, which I'm not allowed to talk about the mini tournaments because after we got beat out, we kind of cleaned up the mini tournaments a little bit. People were kind of. Like, oh, yeah, you must be from Cleveland because you guys are playing so good. I mean, shut up. <laughs> yeah, we, we got that stigma for us. But, I mean, it was great. It really was. Like, I got to meet um, Mike Massey, the guy that does the oh, uh, yeah. Justin the Boot. Amazing, amazing human being. I got to meet uh, Corey Duell. I got to meet a couple of other trick shot artists that were out there that just doing exhibitions and stuff. Um, there were so many vendors out there, Bri, between – pool sticks between t-shirts between whatever you want uh they had specials for the league that was out there for drink specials food specials i mean it was it was really it's a really great time and i'm glad i went i really am but we'll get we'll get more go ahead i i didn't hear anything past mike massey you had me there and with all due respect to harold and the apa I'm more concerned with the stuff that happened away from the pool table and, and those stories. Those are the stories that we want to hear. So here's, I'll give you a little nibble. So Mike Massey and Corey Dole were playing pool on this table, right? And they get, they went against your handicap. So you would pay them 20 bucks. You can play them whenever you want. Okay. So they would play you one handed. Depending on what you're <laughs> where your handicap was. So I was like, oh, yeah, I got this all day. I was like, I should do that. And I watched them play one-handed. I'm like, I don't know what I was thinking. Um, them one-handed is better than me with, like, six hands. Like, this is ridiculous. Damn good. Like, the, the, he broke and ran out of rack one-handed. How do you do that? How do you do that, Bri? So, so was there time to go to bars, casinos? You know, that's, that's the meaty stuff, the juicy stuff I'm looking for. There was a uh, there was definitely a lot of stuff in between. Um, we did hit up a couple buffets and a couple other places. Took a couple strolls. Uh, we had a house there on the strip, so it was it was it was a really good time and great people to go with. Had so much fun. Uh, Craig's here. What's going on, Craig? Thank you for joining us. What up, Craig? But we'll get into that when we get back in Fat Boy Tuesday because we got a whole bunch of other stuff to get into, Bri. So let me pull up. Let's do our uh, – and it sucks we're not doing my cousin Vinny for the day today. Uh, kind I'm of, all right with it. Uh, you're, <laughs> I've been embarrassed too many times. That's nah, all right. You ready to do some trivia? Well, let's do it.
You know, it's really funny, Brian. I forget to tell people that we are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter on all of our platforms, our Legal Ham to the Face platforms, and now also on Twitch. Yeah. So go into Twitch, search Legal Ham to the Face, give us a like and subscribe. I had to make sure that we were actually going live because I didn't see anything. And yeah, we're actually live on Twitch right now. So it's actually kind of cool. Uh, cool. No, I did not win. We'll get into it here a little bit later. I, I won a couple other things though. So we'll, <laughs> we talked about doing the old 96 or the steak eating contest, but I wasn't about to pay that amount of money for a steak eating contest. Which is how much, how much for a 96 ounce steak? Well, the the biggest one that we found out there was a sixty four ounce, I believe it was, and it was very very pricey, Brian. It was like almost three hundred dollars. It's a lot of meat. My goodness. Well, Potato come with that? Uh, everything came with it. We also found a twenty five hundred dollar steak. I, I'm speechless because I've covered, seen stupid stuff like that. Covered in 24 karat gold flakes. Exactly. Exactly. That's what it, I've seen. Yeah. Like, you know, $2,000 burgers and it's covered with gold. Like, who the hell's buying that? And I mean, other than just to do it because you can, because you got that kind of money, that's the dumbest thing. But people are dumb. So I'm sure. Several rich people do it to, just to post it on Twitter or Facebook or something. Oh yeah. So our um, trivia, go ahead. Go no, you go. I said our trivia is not brought to you by. Oh no, wait, it is Papa V and Curb Peel. Get old Papa V and Curb Peel four one nine dot com. All right, which reminds me, I got to call Papa V this week. Yep. Okay, here we go. Before I get the trivia, I'm watching or I got on the side TV here. Um, ESPN's doing their fantasy football uh, 24-hour thing. We got to – maybe by next next uh, week I'll uh, I'll have an announcement regarding fantasy football because it's charged. starting to get that time. I know, right? So got to figure out if Vinny still wants to do it. Um, you know, Juice gets the automatic bid since he won last year, so that would think- give us somewhere between six and eight <clears throat> spots to give away. So – trying to figure out how to do that maybe i'll come up with like a relatively easy um trivia question and you know the first couple people to respond back in with the right answer maybe they get a spot something just spitballing maybe we could talk about it later but uh yeah i mean we're what three weeks away from four weeks away from uh opening day so It'll be here before you know it, so stay tuned on that on the fantasy football front. Here we go. Since we were last together, the Hall of Fame game uh, came and went, and I got a Hall of Fame trivia question for you. Which NFL franchise has the most Hall of Famers? Ooh, I like that one. I like that one, Brian. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a... Tuffy but a goodie. I like it. It is. Right. You know, there's a lot of uh, historical franchises, but uh, the number one franchise has 30. The next closest has 27. So So there's a couple close. Yeah, relatively. Yeah. And and, uh, to be honest, I don't know if this is up to date, but, you know, they have... That's how we do our trivia on our show. Well, they have... uh, It's up to date, but I don't know if 
I can't remember if I screenshot this before the introductions to this year or after, but it, it wouldn't change, you know. The team that had 27 didn't have three guys going from this year's class. So mm-hmm. this team still has a stranglehold on the number one spot. Uh, Chris is still salty they lost because of Steelers kicker. <laughs> That's what happens, Chris, when you trust Steelers. Ask this guy back here. Yeah, yeah right. right there. Yeah, he's yep. right here. Still I'm crying. Glad to see Still him crying. There in the house. I mean, that's kind of nice to see. Back up. All right. And Craig asks if it's a free league. It is a free league. When we do our league, it is a free league. But we mm-hmm. also normally have some uh, gifts that we shell out. And I, I, I have dropped the ball on juice so bad. And oh, because I got Justin's. What's really funny is I got Justin's hat sitting right here. Just Where's my hat? There, your hat's still sitting here. I haven't seen you. <laughs> you working this weekend? Are you? No, I don't think I am. Okay, well, if you're not working this weekend, I don't know when I'm going to get your hat. Well, it, it might be next weekend. I don't know. Brian called me last week, so yeah, it'll be before too long. But I told him we got the lemonade stuff going on now, so I bet he did call you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were talking. We were, he was talking my ear off. All right, Brian, I gotta go. <laughs> Still calls him Chubby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how about our boy Chubby? <laughs> yep, we know who that is. <laughs> All right, Brian, let's get into um oh my lord, I gotta get it. All right, let's get into the uh the Browns beat the Jags 24 to 13. Uh the first pretty much the entire first half was not the greatest. But comes to find out we actually have depth on our team and they don't because second, third stringers actually came through and did some pretty good job. We finally got to see our star quarterback take the field for what was it about a quarter? And uh he wore, he he just lit it up. And he uh, a couple now, couple quarters, didn't he? Josh Dobbs? Yeah, yes, Josh Dobbs. <laughs> I thought that's what you're talking about, our star. Um, but we there's a lot of stuff to digest. And the, the thing that really uh, came out of it that really kind of crippled Browns right out of the gate, uh, Nick Harris uh, going down in like the second play, blew out his knee, uh, out for the year. Uh, There's so much high hopes for him. And that's just right out of the gate. That's just a bummer right there. That's your first injury right there. And it was like, why did it have to be this guy? Like, <laughs> But, I mean – we get him back. He's still young. It just it it's just a blow at preseason shit. Like it always happens. Somebody gets injured that you don't want to get injured, especially somebody most time for us, which is on our offensive line, and it kind of cripples us because just this week we had another center go down. So the kid that we drafted, Dawson, was it Deaton? He's out for the season with an ACL. So we got two centers that were down, but we did pick up that kid from uh, Seattle. Uh, Piochich, Piochich, Piochich. I'm gonna go with that. He's an MMA fighter. Yep, and that's <laughs> yeah, and you know that's the thing is, Chris. Um, I have been beating on the drum about bringing back Treader. It ain't gonna happen, and it's not that it's not. It should happen. It's just he won't come back. 
he's not going to come back and take a discount to come back for a team that kind of moved on from him. And I mean, I guess from what they were saying this morning on the uh, Ken Carmen show this morning, Bri, this is on Treader's side. Like Treader's not budging. Really? Not the Brett. It's not the Browns haven't reached out, but I mean, keep an eye out though for some uh, pickups on the waiver wires. And also there's a couple of centers that the Browns have probably got their eyes on that might get cut that they might bring in just to, give a trial run, but they're also training uh, Dunn and uh, who's our other swing guard and to Blake Hance. Hance. Dunn and Dan. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Brooks and Dunn. Nope. Mm. I get down with that. So we got a lot of stuff going on, but Brian, why, why don't you get into what you thought about our uh, first preseason game and what you thought about the, at least the first half, because first half was not good. Right. Right. It's just preseason football is preseason football. I get hyped up for it every year. And there I was seeing if any friends wanted to go out, grab a beer, watch the game. Nobody really cared about it. So my wife and I settled in. I made her have a white Russian and I'm there watching the game. And I don't know. I don't know if I even made it to the end of the first quarter before I was bored. Um, but I watched. I finished watching the second half, and then or, or the first half, second quarter, and second half. I was just sporadic about it. I was like, "Here you go. You want the remote?" Because I don't. I mean, there's not a whole lot you can take from it, really. I know Dobbs looked good, and maybe that makes you feel a little bit better about our backup quarterback. But he could still come out in the regular season and throw four interceptions and get sacked five times. So. It's hard to take too much from it. It's good to see the young guys out there and, you know, people making plays. Um, I thought Jordan Elliott had a decent game. Hopefully he's taken that next step um, based on what we saw from the very limited amount. Um, MJ Emerson, that was a fantastic play that he made. So from a rookie playing in his first ever NFL exhibition game, that was pretty nice to see. Obviously, Jerome Ford is uh, is kind of the guy that gets all the headlines. And I was a little surprised. He's not as big as I thought he was. He's more like, uh, kind of reminds me of like a Lee Suggs kind of. But um, he looked really good. And who knows what that means for this Browns backfield. Um, you know, I think time will tell on that. But he was everything that he was cracked up to be. So that's the good the bad is is the receiving core, and obviously Anthony Schwartz uh, had that one real bad drop, and then he had that other one where it was kind of fired a little bit low, and he went down to get it and couldn't come up with it. So obviously that gives you some concern considering, you know, the play last year where Baker got hurt, him not selling out, him being this third-round pick that everyone told us we overdrafted him. We tried to look at his speed and how fast he was and say, it doesn't matter. He'll come through. And, you know, I, I don't know if you give up on him after one bad preseason game, but you're certainly not encouraged. And another guy, I mean, let's be honest. I, I don't think, uh, I don't think DPJ played very great. Uh, I don't know if he had any catches. I know he had a hold. He had a missed block on a run. And, you know, those are the little things that, if you want to play receiver in this league and in this offense, you have to be a good blocking receiver. That's what's something that uh, 
that maybe we took for granted with Jarvis Landry last year and uh, how he was willing to get a little dirty and his, his just uh, veteran leadership in that locker room and telling guys, hey, this is what you, if this is what you're asked to do, this is what you have to do to get on the field and stay on the field. You might not catch eight balls every single game, but you can provide value to this offense in other ways. So hopefully it's a wake-up call to him. But, um, yeah, I don't know how you can feel too good about this offense. And then I'm sure we'll get into Deshaun Watson. But, yeah, I mean, preseason game, he clearly didn't look very comfortable. Um, his guys didn't make plays for him. So he was, it was hard for him to gain any sort of momentum. So it was a bad, almost as bad as you could imagine. Hey, I am unmuted. Okay. I was getting ready to call off. And I was like, holy crap. There we go. All right. So there it is. There it is. Um, you know something, Brian? I don't even want to get into Sean Watson anymore. Um, we're just going to let that one go this week because obviously we still don't know what the hell is going on. Nobody does. I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of this dragging on for as long as it has to where we're at now. Two weeks, two weeks in a preseason, don't know what's going on. So it is what it is. But Just well, I don't want to derail this, and I mean, but now's the time to talk. Like, what's the best case scenario for the Browns? Because I think I've changed my tune. I've always said, well, just get Deshaun Watson on the field for however many games you want. Um, Get him on the field this year, and then we'll make do. Hopefully, make a playoff run. But now I'm thinking, if he gets suspended for twelve games. He's going to come back. He's probably going to be a little rusty the first game or two. There's 14 games. You mean you only get three games of high-level play from Deshaun Watson? I don't know if that's the best-case scenario for the Browns. I think uh, I think Garoppolo looks, as long as his shoulder's right, that might be the way to go in my mind. What do you think? Well, I mean, that's <sighs> – it's hard for me because that was the way to go before they got Deshaun Watson. They needed a bridge gap. Everybody knew San Fran was getting rid of Jimmy Garoppolo because of Trey Lance. They didn't pull the trigger because they thought it was shoulder, didn't think it was fit, and they went for Deshaun Watson. As the bed they made, that's where it's at now. But now, let's go back for Jimmy Garoppolo. It's like, you know something? You just made your bed, you're done with it. What does it matter now? Like, Why? So you think they should have gotten Garoppolo instead of Watson in the first place? <laughs> well, with all the baggage and everything else that's going on now, Bri, I mean, sure. I thought that beforehand. I thought that way beforehand. I thought this was a horrible, horrible trade they did because you didn't know the outcome. You didn't know the outcome, Bri. If it was a poster perfect person, it'd be a different story. There's Betty. She can sit in Vinny's chair. I just, I, I know, I understand you feel that way, and I understand probably most Browns fans feel that way, but you have to keep telling yourself that this is a long-term move. This is not for 2022. This is not for 2023. This is for 2023, 2024, 2025, 2026. I mean, if Watson is truly that elite quarterback that very rarely comes available in his prime, you know, Peyton Manning was probably past his prime when he went to Denver. Very rarely do you get an elite quarterback in his prime 
Hold on. And you might have them for 10, 15 years. So, I mean, in 12 years from now, I think you'll be, you hopefully will be singing a different tune. But right now, he has not paid off any good at all. But it's just all been bad. I understand. But what you're saying right now is a franchise quarterback in his prime, there's a reason why he was available. Not sure. because he's a franchise quarterback. There's a reason why he's available because there's baggage. And not a little bit of baggage, a lot of baggage. Because Cleveland Browns front office thought this was going to be six games, maybe eight games. This is going to be swept under the rug. It's going to be completely done with. It is not. And it has drug out longer than what the front office thought it was going to be. Yeah, but that's not the Browns' fault. That's the NFL's fault for screwing Cleveland over. Okay, they screwed Cleveland over. That's completely fine. But at this point in time, the Browns went for a guy who thought it was going to be six games. It's going to be more now. Most other teams wouldn't even touch them. Like, I understand there's 13 teams that were going to go trade for him. If they know what they know now, would those 13 teams trade for him? I believe so. Because well, it's 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 the long-run play. It's not for 2022. You you knew you're jumping into bed with this guy and you have to be committed to him for long term because I think personally it's the reason he was available was not because he had all this going on. The reason he was available was because he told the Texans, I don't want to play for this franchise anymore. I think it was more like an NBA move, like, you know, Kyrie, I, I, I liken what Deshaun Watson did and why he was available to what Kyrie did. I don't want to play for this organization anymore, and you have to move me. Yeah, but the Texans didn't have to do it, and they played it smart. They, you know, fleeced the one team that they could that wanted them the most, and they got them. I, it, I mean, it's already done and over with. I just wouldn't have made that trade, and I understand where you're coming from two, three, four years down the road, but guess what, Bry? If he gets suspended another year – that's three years without football for this guy. Three years he hasn't touched a football. Oh, let me – Colin Kaepernick hasn't touched a football. And how? I mean, it's just the same – like, you can be great all you want to. Three years without touching a football and actually playing in a meaningful football game? Come on. Like – Yeah, maybe maybe it's just the optimist in me that uh, that when he comes back, he will be that player – that he was in 2020 and 2019, 2018. And the I, truth I, is we, we just don't know. Nobody knows. And that's the thing. That's the thing that sucks about being a Browns fan. Cause nobody knows. And you know, Brian, I, I know where my stance is and I know where yours. And I, I want to be a Browns fan. I want to win. I get it. I understand why they did it. I understand you and I beat this to death. I, I understand Baker was probably not the guy to take us there. Does he have the talent to take us there? Yes. Can he get on the field? We don't know yet. We don't know yet because that suspension still hasn't been completely done yet. And it could be indefinite. I mean, we could have a Josh Gordon on our hands where he's like, and eh, I think you might be okay, but we're going to drag this on for another six weeks. You know, it could be whatever the NFL wants to do to this guy is where we're at now. Yeah. Bohica Cleveland. I mean, <laughs> the NFL is just, toying with your emotions and uh they really don't give a crap we're starting to find out why roger goodell gets booed every place he goes during the draft he really hasn't screwed cleveland over up to this point other than maybe the josh gordon situation but yeah he he's certainly screwing us over now i mean if he just came out with this decision that hey he's done for the year 
two months ago. Like he like reports were that uh, that's what he wanted. And if that's what ends up happening, the Browns could have traded for Garoppolo two months ago and we'd probably be in a much better place than we are right now. So, yeah, it, it sucks. And we can say it till we're blue in the face. It sucks. It sucks. Oh. It sucks. You know, you know what I would have done if I was the Browns organization on Friday? I would look Deshaun Watson straight in the face, be like, they're not wanting to play you this year. You're playing this entire game. I would have let him take that entire game and just go play. Go play, have fun. Go ball out, do whatever you want to do. Playbook's yours. You just call him out in the huddle. I don't care. Go ball out. Have fun. Go have fun because this might be the last time you get on the field this year. And if this is the last time you're going to get on the field this year, I want to see what you actually do have left in the tank. And it might be with second and third and four stringers, but I want you to ball out and have fun. Show me that Deshaun Watson from old. I need to see it. And I saw like a glimpse of it on one pass, maybe two. And then, oh my, did you even hear the chants that were coming out of the Jaguars? I heard people talking about it. Can you elaborate? I heard people saying, Uh, oh, it was bad. There was uh, a couple of them. Uh, the very first one, when they the Browns were within like the ten yard line, there okay. was a chance saying that you should be in jail. Oh, sure. uh, there was also the happy endings chant. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was also like I mean it was. There's going to be no holds bar on this. Should, this, this yeah, this shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone no, if you know I NFL stadiums. And I'm just sitting here going like this. I'm like, well, it's all that coming. Okay. It's it's only going to get worse. Nobody's going to have any mercy on him. I mean, I guess it's a news story because the media wants to make it a news story. But, I mean, if you've been paying attention at all, this is what you should expect. The NFL fans, football fans are as ruthless as anybody out there. They'll make fun of your mother, um, you know, just to try to get inside your head. So, yeah, the Browns are – public enemy number one this year and they're just gonna have to hopefully rally together okay tracy says uh goodell is trash in fact there are no true guidelines for discipline is bs <laughs> you know tracy i i completely 100 agree on that but there's also a thing that happened when you smear the badge like this and it's been more public than it has been anything else the NFL is going to take notice, and they're going to try to correct what's right. Right now, it is a public relations fiasco because, yes, that six games came out, and the national media goes, Brown fans were like, yeah. National media goes, hold on a second. And the NFL goes, eh, let's see what happens. And then the backlash from it. And it, it wasn't even like a little, like six games. And – Everybody's trying to compare it to everything else. You can't compare it to everything else, Bry. It's not everything else. It's when a federal judge, a woman federal judge, comes out and says, predatory, egregious, worst act ever in the NFL. There's something wrong with that whole situation. But because of precedent, she could only do six games. She left it open for the NFL to come in and do what they had to do. Okay, the NFL already said throughout everything they wanted a year. Even in the beginning, they wanted a year or indefinite. They would settle for 12. And now we're sitting here going, well, what are we doing now? It was supposed to be a fast, easy process. Are you guys going to give them a year or you're not going to give them a year? What's going on? 
Just somebody oh. needs to step forward, grow some balls, and tell us what's going on. Let's, let's be honest. The NFL doesn't care whether Deshaun Watson is suspended for six games, two games, or the whole year. They don't care. They really could care less. It's all about PR. It's all about calming down the national media. Because let's be honest, all we as fans know, we learn from the national media. We don't know anything about the case. We just know what the national media has fed us, and 98% of it. So the national media can paint whatever picture they want. And they've painted a picture how the NFL doesn't care about women, and the NFL has a huge problem because a lot of their fans are women, and they could possibly lose a lot of money by losing those fans. So it's a PR move. They don't care. You know, what's done is done. Um, You know, I personally think you'd be better off fining him 10, 20 million, $30 million and giving it to, you know, battered women's shelters or something, you know, some sort of good cause that that money can do. But the national media has made it their, uh, their job, their ultimate goal to get him suspended for the whole year. So, yeah, like I said, Bohica Cleveland fans, this is what you got. Um, you just have to deal with it. We've dealt with it in the past. You know, if you remember the whole Josh Gordon situation, how they just dangled that carrot out in front of us, seems like every offseason, like indefinite suspension. Maybe we'll, you know, reinstate them. Oh, you know, we did for a day or a week, and then uh, then we took it back. Well, that was also Josh Gordon's doing also for getting high in the parking lot and, uh, you know, well, yeah, and I mean, I've heard so many times when when the six game suspension came down from uh, from the or from Sue Robinson on Deshaun Watson, everyone compared it to Calvin Ridley getting suspended for a year for gambling. Well, Calvin Ridley had no business getting suspended for an entire year for gambling. That was on them, and so the fact that you compare the two, one of them, probably both of them, are wrong uh, sentence for what they did. Now, I understand why the NFL did what they did with Ridley spending him for a whole year, because that calls into question the integrity of the game. You know, that's why Pete Rose hasn't, hasn't sniffed the hall of fame because who knows, you know, was, was he questioning the integrity of the game was what he was doing, affecting the outcome of games. We don't know. So the fact that you, find out somebody doing that you got to nip it in the bud right there and so i'm not saying you know the truth is brass tacks none of us know what happened really with deshaun watson um everyone wants to pretend like they do know there's you know deshaun watson and these 22 24 women those are the only people that know what actually happened so i i don't know it's it's kind of it's become fact that he's guilty of all this and nobody, everyone's too afraid to talk about what if, what if he's not guilty on all this? Because you'll, you'll be called into question. You'll be, um, you know, people raining down on you, how you're a terrible person, how you hate women, just, just for bringing it up. Oh, I know. But put, put yourself in his shoes. Let's say, just imagine for a second, he's innocent. What would you do in his shoes? Would you agree to, 
you know, saying that you're this predator, that you're this person that you've been uh, accused of, or would you try to fight it and try to clear your good name? I don't know. I mean, it's a hard decision to make. So who knows what happened? I mean, I'm sure people will hate on me. I would try to clear my name. Right. And so that's why, you know, up until this past weekend, he really didn't apologize. I mean, but the NFL is telling you, hey, if you don't apologize, you will be gone for the whole year. So you have to make up your mind. Like, do you stick to your guns? Well, see, so that's what um, Chris just put up. think management told him to apologize. I don't think it was management. I really do think it was the report that Sue Robinson put out there because he was unapologetic. He came off his course unapologetic and throughout all the everything that's like it, he just mm-mm. like he just no. But for him to come out and apologize now tells me right now he wants to play this year and he's trying to do anything and everything he can to put this behind him and play this year. And you know something? When I heard the apology, everybody's like, well, you know, at least he apologized. And I give that like a three out of 10. That's like a kid that breaks a window going, I'm sorry, I broke your window. And then he'll do it again next week. Like it, it just, I'm not saying that he won't, but it just, it just seems that way. Like it just, it didn't come off genuine. It didn't come off anything nice. It just came off as, eh, I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I tripped you. I'm sorry. <laughs> like that kind of thing. But I'm pretty sure that's what happened is because first off, he came out with the eight games I'll go eight games and five million dollar fine, blah 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 blah, and then the suspend or the uh, apology came. I think he actually sat there going, "Well, if I apologize, they might go for the eight games." Yeah, I'm. I just I go back to like, I don't know. I don't know what he's supposed to do. If he truly is innocent, what is he supposed to do? I mean, he has to basically admit to these terrible, heinous crimes. I'm not saying he is innocent. I don't know. If he's been, if he's guilty of what he's been accused of, he should be suspended for the season. He should be suspended for two seasons. If he raped one woman, he should be in jail for the rest of his life. I'm not saying that he's not, but I just, for some reason, I go back to a jury heard these cases and they said it wasn't good enough. It wasn't strong enough to take the trial. And I think of maybe he would have been better off if it did go to trial and he was found innocent. Yeah. Because what happened to Ray Lewis? You know, how many games was Ray Lewis suspended? He was on trial for murder or being an accomplice to murder. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was found innocent and nothing happened to him. So what if there was just speculation that he was involved in a murder and the media picked up on it, and they just ran with it. I, I, it goes back to being a Brown, uh, a sad, sad Browns fan, and seeing the Steelers get breaks, stealing, seeing the Ravens get breaks. You know, the NFL didn't appeal six games suspension for Ben Roethlisberger and suspend him for the whole year. Why is it happening to the Browns? So, I don't know. I'm frustrated, as with everybody. I don't know what happened. I'm not going to pretend like I know what happened. I'm just saying it's just it's been a hundred percent one way. Nobody's even thinking that maybe you know this is the other side of the story. Nobody's even talking about it because 
he's guilty in public opinion, a hundred percent. And uh, yeah, apparently that's all that matters right now. And you know, before we close out on this, Bry, I can almost guarantee that if it wasn't the amount of women, if it was a lesser amount, let's just say eight, but throw out around eight. If it was eight women, this might be a whole different story. But I think with the amount that came out and then the amount that he was tacked and tracked to throughout this whole process, I it's, yeah. And, and I would say to that, that's probably how 90% of people feel. Like if it was two or three people, yeah, maybe not. But because it's 22, 24, they can't all be lying, which in my opinion, if, if one woman can lie, I think 23 women can lie. You know, I'm not saying they are, and it's probably going to come out like I am saying that they're all lying, but I, I, there's a lot, I feel like I wish it would have went to trial because then we could hopefully let judges decide this rather yeah. than the national media, the public opinion and the NFL decide his fate. I would rather, I would feel better if there was a long trial, no matter how long it was, get anybody in there, get all the facts out, and let's see if he's guilty or innocent. But um, yeah, unfortunately, it didn't happen that way. I need you to read this because I read it three uh, times. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Just wanted to make sure on that one. I'm guessing Citizen was a a, a spell check or a, a autocorrect or something. Well, he, it comes to find out that he does the talk to text, and right. only, it only picks up me when he does the talk to text, not you. I remember you saying that. So, <laughs> Jose, Jose, thank you for watching, bud. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Um, the other news that came out, Bry, throughout everything, and I went to. We had Ford had a huge day. He really did. Um, Hunt wanted a new contract. All right. Brown said no. He goes, Well, I ain't doing shit until I get a new contract. And then I have a feeling Chubb got in his ear and he is playing football again. Um, I said this at the very beginning of the offseason. I said this at the end of last year. There's a reason why. Ernest Johnson and Kareem Hunter on this team right now. And I understand everybody's saying 1A, 1B. I have a feeling that Kareem Hunt will be traded before the trade deadline to a contender because they can actually get some re- some draft picks back, hopefully. But watching Jerome Ford play the way he did, and I understand it's his first preseason game, everything else, I get it. But we watched Ernest Johnson do the same thing. You're not going to pay that much money into your running back room. All right. If Kareem is going to stay here, it's going to be on a huge discount because they just paid Chubb. They got two guys behind him. One, Jerome Ford, really young. You got Demetric Felton still on the roster, who's a little scat back. Kareem, I love you. You're 27 now, which is crazy. I think he's only 27 years, 27 years old, Bry. 27 years old. But I said this. Yeah. Right I said, if any of these running backs are getting moved, I have a horrible feeling it's going to be Kareem Hunt 
And when this first came out saying that he wanted to be moved or traded because he didn't get his new contract, I'm like, well, here it is. But right now the Browns said, no, the Browns are going to use him. I mean, how do you feel about Hunt wanting a new contract and everything else that happened? I get um, Hunt doing what he did. And, um, you know, we've known forever or since he came here that um, that he wants to be a Cleveland Brown and he wants to stay in Cleveland and he's willing to take a lesser role. If he stayed, I mean, obviously it wasn't his choice to stay in Kansas City, but if he went to another contender rather than going to Cleveland, he, I, there's no doubt in my mind everyone will consider him a top 10 running back and maybe a top five running back. So he chose to take a lesser role to come to Cleveland, and it's pretty cool how uh, how him and Nick Chubb have developed this friendship. But I think, to me personally, I think if, if the Browns traded Kareem Hunt, that would be a gigantic mistake because maybe if you had Deshaun Watson for 16 games, 17 games, maybe it wouldn't be that big of a deal. You need to rely on this running game. This running game is going to be what wins you games. And it can't be Nick Chubb 90% of the time. It can't be Nick Chubb 80 or 75% of the time. You need Nick Chubb fresh, and the only way to keep him fresh is to bring in another elite back where you're not losing much. And you need to lean on both these guys. And I'm, I'm saying even give Johnson a couple carries a game, give Ford a couple carries a game. You might have to run the ball 30 times a game. And I know, you know, based on last year, Stefanski and, and an injured Baker, that he, he proved that uh, that he's not going to do that. But I think you go into this season with a whole different outlook than you did last year. And you have the offensive line, you have the horses in the backfield, and if you take Kareem Hunt out, you know, he's already under contract for this year. So it's not like you got to give him a giant contract now or next week or something. You got him for this year, so. I think the best way to give yourself the best chance to win, Hunt touch the ball 15 times, Chubb touch the ball 15 times, and then break off a couple extra for your other guys. And, yeah, I, I think you're you're not going to get the value that Kareem Hunt deserves. You're not going to get a first-round pick. He's probably worth a first-round pick, in my opinion. You might only get a third, or you might get – you know, uh, adequate starter or backup or something like that for him. Maybe a wide receiver three or a decent wide receiver two. I, I think he's more valuable to this team than anything that you can bring back in a trade. So I think you run it out with him this year. You deal with, uh, I'm not sure, to be honest, if he's a restricted free agent, unrestricted free agent after this year. But I think you find a way to bring him back, and I'd love to have him Nick Chubb for the next three years, to be honest. It, part of me thinks the Browns made a big mistake, and, I mean, I'm going to continue to flash the spotlight all year on David Njoku because you're giving him top five tight end money, and right now he's not even a top ten tight end. So if you're telling me Njoku's getting all this money, that's why you have to cut Kareem Hunt, it's a gigantic mistake on Andrew Barry's part. And unless, like I said, I'm expecting Darren Waller type numbers from David Njoku this year. And if he doesn't, if he performs like Austin Hooper, man, that's a giant mistake and a giant whiff for Andrew Barry. And that's been the one thing 
signing these tight ends, these big contracts that, that he has not proven that, uh, that he's just, I don't know. I, I don't know if he gets blinded by the, uh, by the physical traits that Najoku has, but, um, yeah, if you're telling me I could have Hunt or Najoku, I'd take Hunt seven days a week, twice on Sunday, and you'd have to pay him probably half the amount that you're paying Najoku. All right, big fella. You ready to get into our big O player of the week? Okay. I wish I had a sounder for it, but I don't. So, do, 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 do. All right, Brian, give me your big O player of the week. Uh, so we're looking back for the last week's game, right? Yes. yes. I'm going to throw out Josh Dobbs. Um, I don't think, you know, I didn't expect, I went in with very, very low expectations for Dobbs and Rosen. And I know it's a preseason game, but I just expected him to be so mediocre, completing half his passes, dumping it down every single time. Um, I think a couple more performances like that in the preseason, that would make me feel a lot better about him going into our regular season as our backup. Uh, I I still wouldn't feel great about it because he doesn't have a whole lot of starting experience, but um, I think you could do worse than him at this point. I mean, if you look around at the backups in the NFL, they're a bunch of no-name guys. So made me breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief. All right, my big old player of the week. I got to go with Craig Foster on this one. Jerome Ford had a hell of a game. He really did. Showed up, showed out, and I'll tell you what, that little patience run where he did one cut and then he was gone, that reminded me of like Nick Chubb shit right there. Just one cut, gone, just out. So give me your big D player of the week, big fella. Well... There's a couple guys to choose from. Um, I think I'll probably give it to MJ Emerson um, just for that one play that he made um, because I wasn't expecting anything at all out of him, to be honest. I know he was our first draft pick of this past year's draft, but the third-round pick, we we have some stud cornerbacks and – didn't really think he could get onto the field, especially with the ascension of A.J. Green and, and how we've talked him up the last couple of years. But he went out there and he made a play in his very first NFL game. So I got to give him credit for that. And there are a couple other guys. Jacob Phillips, it was good to see him out there again. Jordan Elliott made a hell of a sack um, with a great move. So I almost gave it to those guys. But uh, the fact that he's a rookie playing in his first game seeing his first action i i give him a lot of credit for that all right so my big d i love the big d of the week uh, i'm not gonna say nothing about that come on Brian, say it say it i heard um, you say you love the big d i do it's called dallas um oh. anyways uh my big defensive player of the week has got to be isaiah thomas Two sacks off the edge. He looked great. Also got to give a little honorable mention to my boy from the Ohio State University. Togi. 
was in every play. He had, I don't even know how many tackles. I guess they were talking about, like, um, people were saying in the press box, every time he, like, Togia got a tackle, like, where the hell has he been? Like, it just out of nowhere, he would get a tackle, another tackle. Remind me of, like, uh, the old um, um, Joe Schobert. Still tackling five mm-hmm. yards down the field, but it's still a tackle, damn it. <laughs> so, all right. So, oh, and Winfrey did play well also. Sure. Um, give me your hashtag just not my day player of the week. <laughs> Let's just be honest. It's both of us. It's Anthony Schwartz. Let's right. That's for it's both. Hard to put, I don't want to pile on the guy, but um, oh, yeah, as a receiver, you got one job. And I'm sitting there laughing the entire time. You know what I threw out there? You remember Unnecessary or Necessary Roughness, the movie, right? Sure. Don't throw it to Stone Hands. That's exactly he didn't after he dropped that one. Heck, that, no, was he didn't. that was that hit him right in the face mask almost. Like, how That's could you bad. drop that one? That's bad. Oh, I mean, it's just I don't know if Jitters got the best of him, if it was a concentration drop, or he was trying to turn up the field. Well, but he better start catching the ball. Catch or, the ball. You know, shit's gonna happen. But now I don't know if they would I don't know if they would cut him because he was a draft pick last year, but they should think about it. I hope not either, Brian, but he's gotta start proving something. He's got to. If we had a stronger receiver core, I think uh, <laughs> I think they would think about moving on from him, but It's Amari Cooper and, you know, maybe DPJ you guys hope for still. And then after that, it gets pretty ugly pretty quick. All right. You ready for Fat Boy Tuesday? Okay. And now it's time for Fat Boy Tuesday. And like I said, we might have a sponsor for Fat Boy Tuesday here in the next couple weeks. Hopefully we do. Um, We are talking about my Vegas trip, Brian. So, um, when I left on uh, what was it, Wednesday, uh, we had to, I left, I flew Frontier by myself, which is huge for me, because I'm terrified of heights. Sure. Right. Oh, do you not like flying? Uh, this is, bright. to be honest, this is my third time in a plane. Really? First time flying by yourself? First time flying by myself. I don't think I've ever flown by myself. All right, so I get. Did you uh, have some drinks beforehand? I did not. What? You're doing it wrong. That's the way to do it. Hold on. I went into this sober because I had to prove to myself, my wife and my kids, that I can fly by myself. All right. Yeah, well, you and Jack Daniels could do a great job flying together. You don't do it. You're telling me you did it all sober? No, me and Tito's met up in the air, and then we finished the flight down. Okay. So it was the initial takeoff, but the pilot comes on and goes, um, we're going to have to climb quick to get in front of these storms. So it might be a little bumpy. Brian, I, I thought, hear that. Brian, I thought the plane was going down. It, <laughs> it was doing one of these and all of a sudden it went, and I'm like, nope, bring it down. Bring it down now. I'm done. Take me back. Uh-huh. <laughs> But no, the rest I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, you, you just probably about four, maybe five drinks. You won't care. You'll be like, yeah, we can go down, whatever. It's, it's good. I'll, I'll survive this. <laughs> oh, so as we're going out, I got a, I got a Tito's and orange juice. So I was okay. drinking screwdrivers on the way out. All right. So my whole pool team is already out there. They've been out there since seven o'clock in the morning. 
send me pictures all day. I land and I'm like, all right, I can't wait to see my whole pool team. I get out of the plane. I'm like, how many people are here? There's only three people waiting for me at the airport. So what happened to the whole pool team? They over-medicated. Uh, Nevada, you could buy weed wherever you want to buy weed. And a couple of the guys got it a little too hard. And Does that happen with weed? I mean, I, I apologize because I'm not maybe too well-versed. I'm like, do you... I know if you if you drink too much, you just kind of want to pass out. Is that how it is with weed too? If you smoke too much, I'm, you just want to find a bed. I'm, well, I'm guessing that's what happened. So when I landed, I was kind of upset because I wanted to drink as soon as I got off the plane, sure. and I had to wait forever for my bag. Don't get me started on that. So we're sitting there, and they're like, "What do you want to do?" I'm like, "I'm starving. I gotta get something to eat. I hadn't eaten anything since lunch that day." So this is like eleven o'clock at night. Now, on the flight in, the plane banked so I could see all the lights in Vegas. Cool. All right. So my pool team was cool enough. L.A., Jay, and Barb were cool enough. They took me straight to McDonald's because it was the closest thing because I was just starving. You didn't go in and out? Hold on. Hold on. I'm not done yet. <laughs> There's a whole McDonald's. week. McDonald's. You can have McDonald's in, in Medina. I just want something to tie me over. Okay. Then they drove me down the entire strip, all lit up, everything. Absolutely amazing. I mean, it was just gorgeous. We had a great time. We get back to the house. We start playing cards, go to bed. We had to play pool the next day. And we spent all day at the casino and gambling. Then we get to the lunch buffet. $22.99 for this lunch buffet, Bri. Okay. Remember that Chinese buffet we used to go to in uh, Mayfield Heights? Mayfield, sure. Times that times 10. Oh See, I'm God. a simple man, so uh, the one in Mayfield's all I need. I mean, so it was all Chinese food or what? No, it wasn't. They had some Chinese food. They had a meatloaf and mashed potatoes. They had some Southern-style macaroni and cheese. They had... Like a Golden Corral. It was all, yeah. On but steroids. Man, it was so good. It was worth the $22. It really was. So we did that. Then we had a whole bunch of food at the house that we cooked up while we were there. So we had like a, a beefy mac and cheese. We had rigatoni and meatballs one night. We had pizza. We ordered pizza. Here's the place I went to. All right. Now, I'm not going to say what happened after this place, but I went to the most authentic Mexican restaurant you could ever go into, Bri. Okay. You want to know how I knew it was that authentic? I don't want to say. No, no, no. When you walk in and everybody stops and looks at you, the music stops, everything stops and looks at you and like, uh, I'm just here to eat food and sit down. Best food I've ever had. Hands down the best Mexican food I've ever had. Best thing you ate on the trip? Was it this Mexican restaurant? Best thing I ever ate. Read it. Run it down. What'd you get? What's the name of the restaurant? It is La... I can't say the last word. Viase Dodd. It is in a strip mall. Okay, Brian? Okay. But it was... You know, you had the chips and salsas. They didn't serve alcoholic drinks. No alcoholic drinks. Out. I, I went margarita. They're like, no. I'm like, Mountain Dew. Okay. 
But we got a double smoke queso with chorizo in it. All right. Great. I got one of their special samplers. Came with tortillas. It had shrimp, chicken, steak, all that. It was almost like a fajita uh, melt all together. Okay. With rice and everything else. Um, we had chicken wings. I even got their um, uh, smoked chicken wings. Smoked chicken wings were good, Bri. They were really good. Oh, they, they always are. Oh, I, mm, mm. so we get done with that. We go back to the house, have a good night. And then the next night we went to a burger spot in New York, New York. It's got like a $15 burger right up your alley. Barbecue burger. You wouldn't go wrong, Bri. You'd be happy with that. Sweet. But the way, there is a place called, it was like a fish and chips place. All right, so 14 bucks, you get three pieces of cod, two pieces of um, the Pollock, uh, not Pollock, Pollock, six shrimp, four hush puppies, and french fries for 14 bucks. Brian, okay. the, piece, the pieces of fish were this big. Like it was huge. What do you and need? I'm, so you get five pieces like that? Yeah. I'm like, this place Jeez. is good. Because I'm sitting there looking at the prices. I'm like, most places are like 20 bucks for a burger. Or, you know, if you want a good sandwich, it was like 25 bucks or something. I'm like, man, this is kind of expensive. Then once you actually see the food come out, you're like, never mind. I get it. Did mm-hmm. get to get my gigantic Bloody Mary. So I was happy okay. about that. It was sure. a, I spent $27 on a Bloody Mary. But there was waffles, bacon, and chicken wings with it. How and much? Twenty-seven. Holy crap! It was like a fishbowl. Okay. It was like this. I guess went on vacation. Yeah, it splurged a well, little bit. Oh, I mean, what do you want me to do? But yeah, that yeah. I'm telling you what, that Mexican restaurant was probably the best. That like, even um, one of my buddies, I'll have you know, Big Matt. You've met Matt before. Mm-hmm. He looked at me. He goes, "I can't believe you found this place." I'm like, "I know, right? Like, this is actually really." good. So that was the best. Was there a second best or contenders? <laughs> um, second best for me was the uh, homemade rigatoni and meatballs. Was really okay. good because we we rented an Airbnb that slept mm-hmm. supposedly slept ten. It was like sleeping in a ranch, but I mean there was two queen beds, another queen bed, two twin beds, couches that fold out, all that stuff. Kitchen. The best time that I had in vegas was i not even in vegas it was at that house playing cards with my friends like we we played uno a couple like chris uh, i don't even know if he's watching right now chris is very quiet just kind of like to himself we're playing Uno. Mm -hmm. he is talking shit to everybody and i mean not like a little bit talking shit like he's throwing down draw fours and like flipping the table kind of talking shit i'm like where did this come from but I mean, it was it was actually, and to cap it off, the flight out that we had. Now we did take Spirit. Don't knock Spirit; it wasn't bad. All right, we left Vegas. Everything lit up in Vegas, right? Lights, everything. We get over, hear the phone, top getting ready to land in Cleveland. All right, look out, sun's rising in Cleveland. 636. I got to see the lights of Vegas 
that night in the sunrise in Cleveland when I came home. Absolutely amazing, Bri. Now, I do have to say, Vegas, when they say it's only for a handful of days, it is only for a handful of days. <laughs> like, How I many was, days were you out there? So, let's see here. Landed Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Flew out Tuesday. Almost a full week, pretty much. Almost. And, Jeez. you know, it, nighttime Vegas is fun. Daytime Vegas, kind of sad. Sure. <laughs> We've all been there. Don't well, have to go to Vegas to see that. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, just, well, I mean, it's just like there's trash everywhere. There's. Yeah. And it's like Bourbon Street. Well, we were playing pool the entire time, so we really didn't get it, you know. Any nightlife story? I mean, did you guys go out to bars or anything? We did. I cannot talk about that on air right now. I have been sworn to secrecy. Your wife's not, your wife's not watching. It has nothing to do with wife. It has to do with the other people that I was with. Oh, come on. Give us something uh, juicy. I'll tell you off air. Have another drink. Nope. I'll tell you off air. And I'll tell you and you only off air. Can't wait. All right. All right. We need to do an after hours show or something. That's not, oh. that's not a bad. I meant like behind the scenes or something. All right. No, I can't do it live. I can't do it live. I was thinking about it. You just had me tease. Before. Just I a can't, tease. I can't do it. Just a tease. They're not it's watching. True. They don't care. It's not them. I was there with them. I can't do it. I can't do it, Brian. I can't do it. Can't do tell it. Tell me. I'll tell everyone next week. That's fine. All right. We can do <laughs> All right, let's get into uh, let's finish off this. Let's get into our uh, ooh trivia question. We got to finish off trivia question, Bry. Yep, I got you. Craig said the Chicago Bears. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go off keel here. I'm gonna go New York Giants. Not a bad guess. Sounds like Craig's learned how to use Google. It is the Bears. Is it the Bears? Yeah. Can you believe that? I thought that was kind of surprising. Was the Giants close? I I didn't write. I believe the Giants were in the top ten. Maybe around five, six, something like that. The Browns, believe it or not, were seventh or uh, ninth, tied with ninth, and you'll never guess who they're tied with. If it's Baltimore, I'm going to be pissed off. The Lions. Can you believe the Lions and the Browns are tied? Like, I can't name that many Lions Hall of Fame. Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders. Uh, we just we just pissed off Jose. He's like, it's Green Bay. He goes, oh, it's my Bears? Oh, oh my yeah. God. It shows oh, yeah, what kind of fan he is. Yeah, front runner. They probably got all 22 starters on the 85 team on the yeah, in the Hall of Fame. That's only why. All right, let's get into our top three defensive players this year. I'm not even going to play the little. Sure. So top three plus a sleeper, Bry. Yep. So look, we'll go three. We'll go all the way. All right, so Miles Garrett, you're number one. I didn't understand the assignment. Because, <laughs> I mean, well, so here we go. Yeah, Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, one and two. Um, if I had to rank their defense, I did like all sleepers. So if you want me to go, I'll go real quick. Let, 
let me do okay. So my top three. Yeah, you go ahead. I had number three, Greg Newsom. Number two, JOK. Number one, Miles. Oh, love for your Ohio State Buckeye. The reason why is Denzel Ward has been solid. I have a feeling with M- Emerson there, MJ, he's going to play a lot more of the slot, and I think Newsom is going to tear up in the slot. I really do. Okay? And then okay. my, sleeper, my sleeper, I have two sleepers. Mm-hmm. First one, John Johnson. Okay. Second one, and it shouldn't be a sleeper because I thought he was going to be great coming out in the draft, Grant Delpit. I think this go. Grant Delpit's year to blow up. And I mean, not a little bit blow up, like Honey Badger blow up. That would be nice. I would take that. He was, right. uh, he was my number three, just to piggyback off of you. Um, yeah, I mean, he's almost the forgotten guy in our secondary and in our defense. Like, the expectations for him were pretty high, and then he had that terrible injury, and now he's a year removed from it. So I expect him to take that next step. And if John Johnson's not going to be the guy in our safety room, I think it needs to be Grant Delpit. And, you know, him making plays can take that defense to another level, I think. Yes. Um, so he's my three. My number two is Jordan Elliott. And we saw a glimpse of it a little bit in that first game. And um, I, that defensive tackle room is wide open. I wanted to put Tavon Bryan in there. And, um, you know, because I've heard some good things about him at camp. But I just – I don't think he's – I think he's kind of the run stopper. I think he's not very flashy. Um, the things that he does doesn't translate to the broadcast. You're not going to hear his name brought up a ton. So I think Jordan Elliott, it's time. We've heard about his potential since we drafted him. And, uh, you know, he has as great of an opportunity as anybody this year. So he really needs to take a hold of it. And my number one would be kind of a forgotten guy. And that's uh, Jacob Phillips. Yep. That wide receiver room is wide open. He's, you know, we were expecting big things from him last year. And then he got derailed by that injury. All the attention is going to be on JOK. I think Taki Taki is not more than like a special teams guy or a filling guy. So we need that second linebacker, and I don't see why it couldn't be Jacob Phillips. He's He's got to beef up um, and stop the run, but he's pretty damn good at uh, getting sideline to sideline and, and, you know, protecting against the pass. So he's got that opportunity if he can just stay healthy and uh, – and perform the way we hope he should. I mean, that defensive front, not many blockers are going to be paying a whole lot of attention to him. So if he can just do what he did at LSU, remember he was their leading tackler for a national championship team, one of the best teams in the last 25 years. So we need to see that production translate to the NFL. All right. Well, that concludes our show, Bri. Uh, You want to give him a God bless? God bless you. God bless America. I will say good night. Good night, everybody. Uh, we want to thank our troops and first responders for everything. Thank our sponsor, Hero Keel and the Lake Erie APA, for everything they do for us. And on that note, we are definitely uncorked, unloaded. We're out. Say ya. Sweet. <laughs>